This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Keep Screaming, a podcast where two best friends dissect horror movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson, and this is my co-host, B-Bass. Hello. Um, so if this is your first episode tuning in, I just want to tell you guys that it is a... Uh, we pick one movie every two weeks. It's a slasher. We specifically look at the slasher genre, and then we break that movie down. We have a list of movies that you can find at keepscreaming.com. Uh, you can also find episodes of the podcast there. You can find them on iTunes, on Stitcher, maybe one day on Spotify if they ever figure their stuff out. And uh, you can also find uh, prints from B. She is a graphic designer, so she has prints from the movies that we watch that she has up on the Keep Screaming website. You can find us online. We are at ScreamingCast on Twitter, at ScreamingCast on Instagram, and then we have our own Twitter, uh, our own Twitters. I am at Ryan Larson, and she is at B, not B, B-E-E, not B-E-A. And that is all the social media stuff right at the top of the show. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so if you ever need to go back and figure out, like, where you can contact us, just rewind all the way back to the beginning of the show, and that's where it is. Um, cool. So we start every show pretty much with a, we call it our pop culture check-in, which is where we try to spend 5 to 10 minutes, but we usually spend, like, 20 to 25 minutes talking about what we've been watching, reading, listening to. It's usually pretty genre-related because we're just really big horror movie fans or horror fans in general, uh, but it does branch out. Last week, B talked about her love for Mad Men, which has definitely um, made its way well into this week as well, or two weeks from now. Yeah, I tried to figure out what I've been doing the last two weeks. I looked at my Netflix history, just like three more seasons of Mad Men. But she's almost done. I'm almost done. <laughs> and now she has nothing to watch. There's no TV left. No, that's the last show ever. Um, so I'll go first since B doesn't have as much to cover as me. I actually, I started, like, I was thinking, what? Oh, I don't think I watched very much. And then I realized I, I watched quite a bit. Um, one of my New Year's resolutions was to watch more filmographies from directors, like directors I don't really know a lot about. So people like Robert Altman but also directors that I love that I just haven't seen their full filmographies. And yeah, I'm a bad nerd, and I haven't seen Escape from New York. And uh, so I decided to watch that, and that is an amazing movie. It's fantastic. Kurt Russell, uh, John Carpenter directed it. It's like the eight, It took place in the 80s. I don't think the sequel, Escape from L.A., was made until like the late mid-90s, pretty much. But it's just a totally bonkers, like super sci-fi like post-apocalypse, not post-apocalyptic, but like this crime has risen 400% and they've turned New York into an uh, an island prison and it's only where the worst criminals get dropped into and it's all about Kurt Russell being a total badass named Snake Plissken, which is what the Metal Gear Solid character was named after and escaping from New York with the president of the United States who crashed in New York. It's fantastic. I'm sure you all know about it. Um, I also watched Hellraiser Judgment, which is the newest hellraiser it's the 10th or 11th listen i'm not a hellraiser fan boo it's not my type of horror 
Um, I respect Clive Barker. I like what he he does. I think he's a cool guy. He has interesting ideas. I've never been a big fan of like the Hellraiser franchise. And as I was watching Judgment, I, I just kind <clears> of... <throat> I watched it with my friend Jeremy, and I kind of just looked over, and I was like, I'm too old for this. <clears throat> and he was like, you're too old to watch movies that you end up regretting? I was like, no, I don't mind like watching a movie and being like, I didn't really care for that. I'm literally just too old for... like the movie that is made to be bloody for the sake of being blood and like not even fun like i like bloody i mean i love the evil dead remake where it rains like 200 gallons of blood that's one of my favorite scenes in that movie it's one of my favorite scenes in any horror movie i thought i like i like blood when it's fun i don't like blood for the sake of blood like flaying a dude it's just gross like there's a part where like they i mean like this dude eats all this stuff and he throws up and Mm -hmm. these women stop no no. (laughs) and then anyways Uh This blood pops out and it just like shoots all over these naked ladies' boobs. And I was like, this is probably something when I was 18, I would have been like, yeah. But now that I'm almost 30, I was like, what is the point of this? So wasn't a big fan of that. Um, I also watched Veronica, which you can find on Netflix now. Uh, it's from the guy who did the original Wreck movie. It, it, was really good i think the climax was a little weak it's a possession movie about a girl in um spain who does like it's it's the 90s and it's like of course it is yeah it's like 1991 and she does uh like she uses kind of like a makeshift ouija board with her other like schoolmates and she ends up pretty much being haunted by this demon had some really really effective like creepy moments that remind me a lot of uh black coat's daughter or at the devil's door i think the like third act of the movie was a little clunky um it couldn't like quite keep up with the rest of the film but it was still definitely worth watching so watch that one also watch the lodgers from epic pictures and dread central presents it was a really really beautifully filmed movie um it's from uh brian o'malley who did let us pray and it's kind of like this irish folklore tale um, I thought it was really well-timed to come out right now because it was very dark fantasy, kind of like everything Del Toro does with Del Toro winning the Oscar. I was like, wow, this is a good time for this movie to come out because it fits tonally with a lot of Del Toro stuff. So that one's definitely worth checking out if you can. It's on VOD right now. Um, but I've mostly just been reading uh, Joe Hill's new book, Strange Weather. He's Stephen King's son, and it's uh, it's like four or five stories. Um, and I just finished the first one. It was really good he he writes a lot like his his father like Stephen king um he's not quite as i feel like mm, graphic sometimes he's a little more grounded um which is is still really good and then paperbacks from hell from grady hendrix i'm about a little over halfway through that and it's just one of the most fun reads i think that you can find um i got it for b for her birthday um but it's all about grady hendrix just went and found like all these old paperback novels horror novels from the 70s and 80s and he kind of just goes through them by genre so um i've like just got through the when animals attack section which was entertaining and like it's fun to find out that after jaws came out because we all know in the movies there are all these movies about like animals but there are also a bunch of books that the movies are weirdly based on like slugs and squirm and then also there's definitely a movie called or a book called croak about killer frogs and there's like nine books about killer rabbits and a lot of books about killer crabs um what was that book binocula 
Did you ever read that as a kid? Oh, Benicula? Yeah. yeah. About the vampire bunny. The vampire bunny. bunny. <clears throat> but that was like a kid's book. Well, yeah, but that's what yeah. it reminded me of. And yeah. like all the covers, it was like a white bunny who got the red eyes and he'd have like little sharp little teeth. Yeah, his two, his yeah. two teeth were just like sharp little things. Yeah. It's cute. Cute little vampire bunny. Yeah. I did. I thought they were making a movie of that too. Like Probably. a CG one. I'm sure sooner or later. But yeah, so that's what I've been doing. I actually watched a lot more movies than I thought, and I've been reading a lot more, which is nice uh, because I miss reading. But now that the weather's nice, I've been trying to go outside with like a cup of coffee and just read a chapter or two while I can. How hip of you. It's very hip. Yeah. Yeah. I go out with my um, penny loafers and <laughs> and with my, I don't know, what else is it? I don't know what like brands that are hip. I don't know, like... I always want to say uh, Pentagram, but it's like, or like Pentatonics, you know, the acapella group. Oh, But yeah. what is like the Patagonia? Oh, yeah, Patagonia. Right? Yeah. That's yeah, it? I think it is. Or, oh, yeah, or I say like Pangea. Every time I try and think of Patagonia, I say like, oh, yeah, Pentagram or oh, it's Pangea. Definitely, it's definitely Patagonia, yeah. Yeah. Anywho. That, Anywho, that's, that, that's been my week of being hip. Um, and be, we also both watched Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. If you follow us on Twitter, you saw, uh, you might've seen, that was originally our choice for this week. Yes. And we watched it and it's okay. And we realized it is not a slasher by any means. So we had to pick a different movie. Yeah. It's weird. It's, I found this like really cool list on Letterboxd. And if you guys don't know what that is, it is a website that. Slash app. Yeah, slash app that you can use to log the films you watch. You can rate them, review them. You can make lists of like, oh, these are my top 25 slashers or these are Valentine's Day themed slashers or whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be slasher related, obviously. Lists of any kind. I have like slumber party movie list and like just things. It's just fun for me to create lists of like movie themes. But I found this like really great list of slashers and it goes from like 70 something to the 2000s and i was like just putting things on my to watch list that looked really good and i saw this one in there and i was like wow that cover is just so spectacular i love like a good scarecrow movie um it was very well received yeah it has a super strong cult following yeah and so i was like yes all for this so i was actually like the night of the oscars like ryan Mm -hmm. and his wife came over and we had some friends over so it was really nice and we were like barbecuing and playing cornhole and we came inside and to watch the movie and just the whole time we were like but but where's the scarecrow yeah. Uh, it was just lacking in that. It had some really... It was fine for, like, a drama. Yeah. Like, for sure. It, it was a fine movie. But if you were going in like we were expecting to get a slasher, we were very disappointed. Yeah, it has, like, one supernatural aspect at the very, very end of the yeah. movie. But there's... I mean, there's... It's about just, like, a really, like, horrible piece of garbage human. Yeah. And... His backwards way of thinking and how that basically tears a town apart. Mm-hmm. And so looking at it that way, it is truly horror mm-hmm. in that aspect. And about this character who does killing, lots of killing in the film, but not in a way of a slasher. Yeah. So it is, it's decent if you're looking for something to watch. I mean, Ryan bought the blu-ray for like seven bucks yeah no it's fine um, it's, I, it's, it's definitely worth watching i think it's a serviceable film but nothing spectacular mm-hmm. 
Um, I really didn't watch much. I like actually just called my husband and like, what did we watch this last two weeks? Um, we watched a lot of animated movies. She watched the Emoji Movie, guys. Yeah, I actually watched it a few times. We can judge. Yeah, you can judge. Um, but then but I she also, didn't like it, so it's no, okay. I didn't. But then we also watched like Moana and Zootopia. And, oh, I love Zootopia. Oh, I, love I watched Moana. Zootopia like probably once a month at least. I love that movie. Um, we watch a lot of like feel good animated movies because it was just one of those couple weeks where we just needed some feel good stuff. Um, for those of you who may share my TV interests, you know, I was mourning New Girl and was like sad because it was something like I got my husband into and I really enjoy when we can find something to watch together. So we finally went back. We've seen it before together, but we're watching How I Met Your Mother now. Mm. Um, one of my favorites. Yeah, we love that one. We're big friends of, we're big friends. We're big fans of Friends. Um, how I Met Your Mother. So we always cycle through these sitcoms that we can kind of like fall asleep to. And so we have started How I Met Your Mother. Talk to us in like two or three months because it's like 10 seasons. Yep. Um, and then it's like TV's back, man. Like I don't know when March became like the – it used to be January. It took a break. TV's really, really changed since I used to be super into it. And like I like follow the TV ratings and all that stuff because I just f- find it super interesting. Mm-hmm. And I used to like pride myself in having like six shows a night that I kept up with. I no longer do that. Too I pick hard. and choose a lot more. And there's only a few things I watch live. But uh, iZombie just came back. It's a CW show loosely based on a DC comic. If you guys aren't familiar with it, it does follow um, set in Seattle in a zombie. It's about a girl who gets turned into a zombie, and when she eats brains, she gets some of the memories. And so she actually um, works in a morgue and helps a detective solve crimes by the memories. And she sort of like adapts the personality of the brains that she eats. So it's a fun take on zombies. It's created by Rob Thomas, the creator mm-hmm. of... Uh, the best TV show ever. Yeah. Like Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars, yeah. um, Party Down. Um, great cast, great show. Um, they know... It's it's an incredible ability of Rob Thomas to know when to tie up a storyline. I don't know if I've ever seen a showrunner have that sense of timing that he does. But as soon as you start getting like... All right, I'm I'm done for this story. I'm ready for the storyline to be over. This is starting to get a little out of hand. It's literally the episode you start feeling that it's it's done and it starts onto something new. And so he does such a great job. It's like the good place. They do such a good job of like kind of reinventing themselves and keeping the show interesting. iZombie does the same thing. Um, it came back uh, two weeks ago. So super been into that. Riverdale came back this week. Um, another CW show. Um, kind of, it's like the dark, Archie after dark-esque. Yeah. Um, it's fun. It's gotten, it's gotten soapier since the beginning, but bring it's it on. It's melodrama love it. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then like a bunch of the Netflix shows came back. So I started Love, season three of Love, which is Judd Apatow's show. Um, big fan of it. This is the last season. Um, so third and final season just went up. I watched like three episodes this morning. The second season of Jessica Jones finally came out. Yeah. Jessica Jones came out like three years ago. I waited three years for the second season. Um, also a Netflix show. It's a Marvel 
show. It is very Veronica Mars-esque, starring Kristen Ritter, mm-hmm. who was on Veronica Mars herself. Um, it's I loved the first season. I'm not I'm I've watched the season two seasons of Daredevil. I haven't been able to get into the other ones. Um, haven't really been for me. I couldn't get in. I couldn't get into the Defenders because I didn't really care about the other characters. So I'm hoping I'll report back. Hoping that season two of Jessica Jones, I don't have too many issues from not following the universe. I don't think you will. I, I don't think so, but I'm really excited to dive into it. That's and a- the final season of Bates Motel went up oh, yeah. um, like March 1st. And I tried to watch it live. I used to always watch it live. I tried to watch it live last spring when it was airing. But like I've mentioned a few times, I was like in my senior year of school and I just couldn't do it. And so I'm like kind of... Wait, I'm waiting till Mad Men to be over, and then I'm just gonna binge. How many seasons? Five. Five, yeah. yeah five. Okay. Love that show, uh, Bates Motel, based on Psycho. I, I watched Moore. the first two seasons. Really liked it. Um, Love the lead actress. What's her name? Vera Farminga. Oh, well, I like. I like. I love whew, her. She's such yeah. a babe. But the girl who's like just starting to get big. Oh, she's and in Thoroughbreds. Be, yeah, she's yeah. in Thoroughbreds. Is oh, uh, what's her name? Yeah, it's like she's Olivia great. something. Yeah, she's really great. Max Thoreau, who was like my bae of all time and who was actually from a town very close to us. He feels like oh, yeah. he's from our hometown. He's from Ryan. Santa Rosa. Yeah, he's from Santa Rosa where Ryan kind of half grew up. So yeah. it's it's an it's like the big town for us. You, it's like if you want to go to a mall, you have to drive to Santa Rosa. Olivia Cook. Yeah. Oh, and Anya Taylor-Joy was in the Thoroughbreds movie, not in Bates Motel, sorry, but she was in The Witch, so... Genre. Yeah, no. Uh, Bates is so great. I know people have issues. Like, it gets into, like, some weed culture stuff, which I really enjoy because... We grew up in a town We grew like up that. in a town that's, like, extremely based in... I mean, it's, it's part of the Emerald Triangle. In, so. It's Yeah, it's like the seat of the Emerald Triangle, basically. So I love it. Plus, I'm, like, have the fattest crush on Max Thoreau, so... Is he in all the seasons? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. And he just gets buffer and bigger and hotter, and it's really exciting. I was going to say, too, about like the Mar- like what I've always appreciated about the Marvel shows and the Marvel movies is even though they are very interconnected, they've always done a good job of, like, you don't have to see that to see this. Like, I totally am 100% confident you could see Guardians 2 and fully appreciate it without seeing Guardians 1. Or you could see, like... Um, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming and never seen Iron Man movie and still very much enjoy Spider-Man Homecoming, even though Iron Man's a big part of that movie. And the Netflix series, I think, is similar. Like, those characters cross over a lot. And then, of course, Defenders was, like, their crossover show. But, you know, like, Luke Cage first showed up in Jessica Jones. Yeah. Um, the lawyer from Jessica Jones is a major character in the Daredevil show. Yeah, they, like, share um, yeah. the supporting cast, for uh, sure. Uh, the, like, there's a major character from Daredevil um, who's a main character in the Punisher show. So, like, they're all interconnected. Oh, but yeah, Punisher came out, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Punisher came out a while ago. Um, but I think Jessica Jones is other... I love Daredevil Season 1. I think that show is mm-hmm. amazing. But other than Daredevil Season 1... Out of those shows, I think Jessica Jones is like easily by far the strongest. And it's probably because Kristen Ritter is just such a likable, weirdly likable, hateable yeah. leading Always. woman. Yeah. Yeah, that's what she plays. Yeah. yeah. Don't I left her and Don't Trust the yeah. Bee. Yeah. Of course, it's my boy James Vanderbeek was in that too, so I love it. Doesn't squeak. Um, <laughs> Gotta find a way to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Every time, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, Jessica Jones, I'm really excited about. And then Bates Motel, I'll catch up on Sunday. Cause I actually really, 
totally enjoyed the first two seasons love the like town the weird town like it gives me the same like kind of riverdale like yeah twins peaking yes. like peaks mm-hmm. and vibes um well, which is what i like ryan and i when we were talking i don't know yesterday or the day before we just realized that he i'm more inclined to get behind on movies mm-hmm. um and and be more up like you bet the day that i zombie came back i watched it and he's more likely to get behind on TV and favor watching movies. And so we kind of, like, keep each other, like, no, you need to make sure you watch this. Like, mm-hmm. we try and, like, let each other know, like, no, get to this. And with Bates, too, which we were talking about with, like, Channel Zero, it's, like, it's an A&E show. Yeah. And so you couldn't stream it unless you had cable yep. until it comes on Netflix. Yep. Which at least they do come to Netflix eventually. It's been a year since it aired, but yeah, you get to watch it eventually. So... Always down to watch TV, and that's kind of what I've been doing. But I am like itching for some movie time, so I'm sure I'll have more to report on next week. So we did watch, uh, of course, the movie that we ended up selecting, which is 1983's Curtains. Um, we wanted to do a movie that neither of us had ever seen before, which is definitely pretty hard to do considering mm-hmm. like how much we've both seen. But on that same list that B was talking about, where we found Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, which is not a slasher. Uh, we did find curtains, and a while back I had some friends in the Shockwaves Horror Movie Club on Facebook who had mentioned it. I think even when we suggested, like when we asked for suggestions, like the first time someone mentioned curtains. Yeah. Um, so I like heard it a couple times, and when B brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, people have been telling me to watch that, we should watch it. Um, and I, I, the Synapse Blue is relatively new, so like it kind of has been brought to the forefront again. Um, the synopsis is six young actresses auditioning for a movie role at a remote mansion are targeted by a mysterious mass murderer. By mysterious mass murderer, they mean someone wearing the creepiest old woman mask mm-hmm. I've ever seen in it's my entire so life. It's so creepy. It is so creepy. So first of all, I want you guys to know, if you're going to watch this movie, spend the $12 and buy it on Blu-ray from Synapse. The Amazon Prime version is, is bad. really bad. It's like a VHS transfer. It's like a square. It like shakes in a lot of parts. Like I love Amazon and Shudder for getting these movies that I probably would have never seen in my life. And you know, like I prefer to buy the blue of movies that I'm going to watch for the podcast. Um, like my goal is to eventually have all of the movies we discussed on the podcast like to own them all but in a pinch like when we we the turnaround was very small because we ended up watching dark knight uh the scarecrow last sunday so we had a week to watch and record i didn't have time to order it so i watched it on amazon as it'd be obviously a vhs transfer is rough um i've been spoiled by scream factory and other companies like synapse investron um and it was just not easy to go back to a vhs quality looking thing like there were there were scenes in this movie where I legit couldn't tell what was happening because mm-hmm. it was like it was really so dark. dark. Yeah. Like that whole jacuzzi scene. Oh, I yeah. was like, which one is the man? And which one? I don't even know. Like, well, now so I was like confused, like who the man was. I like, well, especially because he's wearing like a speedo, so he <laughs> looks like a woman a little bit, like in, with the shadow, like with the shadows. Maybe but, they just didn't bother casting him, and they just. Um, oh, no, I guess he's, no. He's, he's in the it caretaker. Earlier. He's yeah. Matt, the caretaker. Um, but yeah, the mask is really cool. You've probably seen screenshots of it online it's a it's like a favorite screenshot for genre fans of the old woman running in the snow um but it's a really creepy like hag mask that's basically the like easiest way i can put it 
Um, just like old droopy face, big long nose. The creepiest thing for me was like her lower jaw is like biting. It looks like it's biting like the top and jaw. And it's like really long. And it's super long. And then long. the hair yeah. is like Michael Myers level crazy. Yeah, and, and it's like, just like super long and blonde. Yeah. Um, and it's a weird mask. And like <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> it's um, it's very interesting. But I love the premise of the movie. Uh, it's a very it's a very cool like idea. It's very eighties. And that's something I love about, like, the 70s and 80s and a little bit into the 90s, too, but, like, not as much. Is like, I feel like horror was so popular at the time. Like, you could just throw a wall at the, like, an idea at the wall and they're like, sure, make a movie. Like, yeah, because, like, six young actresses auditioning for the same movie role in one mansion in the middle of the woods. It's, like, it's a very, it's it's not a premise that, like, nowadays, like, even while we were watching it, I was watching it with some friends and they're like, how what why is this happening why are there six like really attractive women going up to this mansion to all audition for this one role with just a director i'm like yeah it's not super like plausible but it was the 80s man you could do whatever you want it came out march 4th 1983 uh it's a canadian flick so it cost 3.7 million dollars in canadian dollars i don't know what that converts to in american dollars do Canadians have dollars? Yeah, they have their own called? currency. Well, I know they have their own currency. Well, it's called, yeah, no, I think so. The Queen's like, on them, right? The the like abbreviation Notes. for it is CAD. California American dollars. <laughs> yes, California American dollars <laughs> for when we secede from the rest of the nation. Uh, That's what our money will be called. Uh, there's no office or like no record of a box office return, and I tried to find. I was telling B, I tried to find like a conversion rate for canadian dollars but i couldn't find anything that would like convert it from 1983 dollars and it said it was like 27 million yeah i kept saying it was 27 million dollars i was like this movie did not cost 27 million dollars i'm sorry just and yeah there's no box office report there's just like notes that said it was a flop like it wasn't successful Mm -hmm. and part of that was plagued the production it originally shot in 1980 Mm -hmm. and then they did reshoots and a lot of stuff in post and it took three years to actually come out after they started the filming process yeah i read some stuff that said like the editor just kind of went like a little crazy the producer and the director did not see eye to eye at all the the direction Um, which you can tell yeah you can definitely tell because there's a lot like it goes in a lot of different directions not tonally but like story yeah like we're gonna start this up and then it's not really gonna matter yeah um it only has five reviews on rotten tomatoes but holds strong at a 60 (laughs) percent yeah i mean Uh, that's pretty that's pretty good uh leonard malton who's a very famous uh hollywood like movie reviewer like he's like siskel and ebert level famous said that it was a badly conceived and executed horror opus so that was his review on it but there were actually quite a few like really positive ones not even just like mediocre ones like genuinely positive uh when i was reading up on it the director who ended up taking his name off the project uh richard kuipka yeah kuipka um wanted to make a movie him and the producer both wanted to make a movie that was aimed towards middle-aged yeah they wanted to make like a a slasher that wasn't about teenage Mm -hmm. kids and Mm -hmm. wasn't geared towards like that young like let's scare like the high schoolers they wanted it to be for adults and that totally comes across oh it super does because like there is so there's a wide range of ages in the actresses because it is six like it's a very female dominated cast Mm -hmm. there's only two males really in the whole movie and one of them I mean, there's three. There's, like, the agent. But he's barely in a scene, and then the caretaker is seen for a second. Yeah. Um, 
but their age range is very diverse they go from like i'd say like they're supposed to be portraying someone who's around 20 to i mean i'd say the lead actress is easily in like supposed to be in her like 40s to 50s oh yeah for sure like probably um, late 40s yeah so it covered like a wide gamut of of uh like the age range and there's nothing about it to me that says teen scream like there no. i mean it does some but there's like there's no party scenes you know no. um like there's a couple sex scenes but like none of the kills happen really during sex it's not exploitative yeah exactly it's not exploitative it's like all the sex stuff is actually to kind of further the plot line of mm-hmm. like um the creepy director the creepy director yeah <laughs> and like how weird he is and like he's super there's a lot of weird moments we'll talk about when we get yeah to um he's like super man just it was an interesting movie to watch in the me too era because oh, i was just like yeah. this guy is the worst like talk about exploiting your power it's just it's really really bad um B is like the poster person. I'm going to let her handle this. I don't know how to describe this poster. It's really weird. I learned a new word today, you guys. Is it meat Uh, curtains? Yeah. (laughs) Ryan taught me what meat curtains are, and I've managed to go 26 years of my life without hearing it, but um, apparently that's the vagina. It's like, like, you know, the lips of the vagina. (laughs) We have an explicit tag on this podcast. I'll make sure Brennan is making sure it's tagged as explicit. Um, so that's there's a it looks like a meat curtain on this. It does. Uh, that's why it like it creeped me out. When, <laughs> like I asked my friend last night, I was like, "Do you want to watch curtains with me?" And he's like, "Meat curtains." And I was like, "Ew." But I mean, kind of according to this poster. So the poster this shows the hag illustrated, but she looks like the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, Davy Jones. Yeah, she totally does. Yeah. So you got some like tentacle looking um, beard. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just like, like a her, beard. It's like her long sinewy cheeks. It's really gross. <laughs> yeah, that they were like, oh no, we're going to turn it into a curtain because, you know, this is a. The thing that's also confusing is that the show is called Curtains, but they're filming a movie, mm-hmm. not a play. Not a play. So whatever. I'll let that slide. And the whole thing is like, even the. the end credits are in act one and act yeah. two like a play would be and like the finale takes place in like the a prop room but like for a stage yeah so whatever but so we have like a davy jones hag meat curtain and the doll is like popping out and the doll shows up in the movie like it's Twice. definitely one of those storylines that they're like yeah the doll is gonna play a part and then halfway through the movie, she disappears, and we mm-hmm. don't see the doll again. And what's it sucks because she, when she sh- like she's creepy when she shows up mm-hmm. because she shows up two times. Like once she shows up like in the corner of a room. I thought she didn't have any eyeballs, which is really creepy, but she does. But and like, then she in was in room. the dream sequence. Oh, and she's in the dream sequence. Which and then was she's in the road. Weird. Yeah, well, that's the dream sequence when no. she, she grabs her on the road. That's oh, the, yeah, yeah, that was the dream. And then she's in the ice skating sequence when she, it looks like she's trapped under the snow. No, that wasn't the dream. Yeah, it was. That's how she dies. No, not the ice skating sequence, the other one. That's what I'm talking about. She is driving on the road. Yeah. And the doll's in the middle of the road. Yeah. And she pulls over and she goes and it grabs her and then she wakes up and oh. then she gets stabbed. And oh, then yeah. the doll's in the corner of the room. And the house okay, fine, it. okay, fine. Um... The typography is like curtains and they have like blood dripping from the sea. 
And it shows this in like the title credits. That's how it appears too. And they're also, they do like a blood drop from the inn in the the title in the film. Uh, it's okay. I mean, it, it looks very theatrical. The whole theme of this is very theater-esque. Mm-hmm. Even the title and everything. It does and look like a playbill. It does. And so that's fine. And the tagline's behind every curtain, someone is waiting. Something is watching. Also... The ultimate nightmare has two. Yeah. Because it says curtains, ellipses, the ultimate nightmare. Yeah, they're both bad taglines. They're bad. I don't like taglines that are that long. To me, a tagline, like, if you're going to be that long, you need to be more clever. The punchline needs to be better than something is watching. But also, something isn't. There's nothing supernatural. Mm -hmm. It is a someone. Oh, yeah, definitely. So this poster is lackluster. It definitely speaks to the time, and you look at it, and it says early 80s. And it's not, I don't look at it and go like, oh, this is like a low-grade B movie. It actually looks like something serviceable. Oh, yeah. So I'll give it that. Especially for the time, too. Yeah, especially for the time. Illustrated. It It is well illustrated. It's just mainly, I think, the type is so just slapped on there so poorly that it takes away from the power of the the art so i'm gonna say it it's it it's it uh no sequels surprisingly <laughs> uh I, I mean it doesn't really set itself up for a sequel no kind of just yeah i so mean it could it definitely could um the killer is alive at the yeah. end of the movie um so it definitely could if they needed to but no sequels i mean it was a bomb the director took yeah. his name off the project there's it's, no reason it was pretty much buried for years until the rabid horror fans of the world came back more like this is actually pretty fun yeah uh it's zaza's back yeah paul zaza uh he's he's done popcorn prom night one two and three and he did the original my bloody valentine um, Zaza. It, i'd say his score here is a little less memorable than my bloody valentine it's really 70s it's so 70s which makes sense because it this film is from the 80s i don't well, know well it's when literally he from 1980 it. yeah so if he scored it when they made it yeah it's at the tail end of it's before 80s music like totally kicked in it's so. super like not just 70s but it sounds like a tv movie like t- not even a tv movie but like tv score yeah from the 70s mm-hmm. it's interesting i much prefer the my bloody valentine score yes absolutely it's it's definitely not it's not bad it's, it's just not bad it's i don't think i'd like a lot of scores from the 70s to begin with because it's just not an era that like i'm a big fan of like music composition oh from that time um so i i don't totally blame him because i think and i i haven't watched popcorn in forever but i don't remember it being yeah i just watched prom night recently and i didn't mention it because i mean i know that's something we're gonna we're gonna cover but i've actually seen prom night one and two like in the last couple months but i don't particularly i think i remember liking the the original prom night score we'll get we'll get we'll we'll get there there's four of them that we'll have to get to someday oh the fourth one's on amazon prime not the third one that's weird. So I haven't watched the fourth one yet because I'm waiting for, for the, the third, third one. Avi. Um, Richard Kwipka directed it. He pretty much did nothing. He was a cinematographer on a couple different things. Nothing really big. He had another movie called Coyote in 1992 uh, that didn't do Not anything. Not Coyote Ugly. Not Coyote Ugly. Starring, I wish. starring Piper Perigo and uh, Matt Bomer. Uh, right? That's Bomer. Isn't that, what? Isn't it? Is it? Isn't he the guy who like collects comics? I mean, he also has a USA show. I think it's him. Anyways. Oh, anyhow. 
Um, he took his name off the project and replaced it as Jonathan Stryker, which is the name of the director in the movie. So when I was reading this, I actually thought for a second he cast himself as the director. And I was like, ew, super creepy because that guy is way creepy. Yeah. And then when I read up on it, I was like, oh, okay, it's not quite as bad. Um, producer Pete, uh, Peter R. Simpson, who did Prom Night, mostly took over. They butted heads a lot. And he that is why Kweepka took his name off the project. He did not like the end product at all. If you go, I wrote down a couple of the scenes that we can, we'll, we'll like cover. But there is a lot that they cut from this movie like a lot a lot so uh it definitely went in a different direction than Kweepka wanted it to uh it was written by Robert Guza Jr. who also did Prom Night and then other than this and Prom Night he pretty much never touched the genre again and he wrote a bunch of episodes of General Hospital and Melrose Place dope um cool (laughs) I guess (laughs) super weird direction to go in but I'd almost be interested to go and watch those episodes now and see if there's any like if they're like frightening or like more horror th- i mean because there's definitely like horror themed episodes of like every teen drama i've ever watched yeah so i wonder if like he handled those um the cast is not huge but everyone is pretty much like there's like seven people really and they're all kind of the star like the main the main two stars are john vernon who's jonathan Stryker. he's the Oof. director um he's the worst the shadiest yeah skeeziest. he's just so awful he's played um He's really, really famous for voiceover work. He's done a ton of cartoons, everything from like Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, The Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Um, so he's done a ton of cartoon voiceover work. He was Curtis Mooney in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That's kind of like his other genre movie. And then he was also in, um, he was Dean Vernon in Animal House, which of course is probably his most famous movie. Um Samantha Agar is Samantha Sherwood, which, again, <laughs> I just can't help but think that she doesn't know her real, like, she won't re- react to any other name but her real name. Uh, I had to include that she's the voice of Hera in Disney's Hercules, because that's my cool. favorite animated Disney movie. So, uh, put that in there. She's Lily Palmer in The Phantom, which is that Billy Zane superhero action movie from the 90s, which oh. is why I included it in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she plays Emma Fairfax in the original Dr. Doolittle movie oh, I've never uh, seen that. with Rex Mason. Oh my God, you've never seen that? Uh-uh. I love that movie. It's super good. It has I've a, seen, it's so like, much better the than Eddie Murphy. Murphy movie. Oh, I hate that. I've movie. seen that one. Ugh, it's so much be- It's so much more like fantastical <laughs> than that because it's like Dr. Doolittle, like, yes, he can talk. But he did. He talks animals, but he also, like, like he, there's an animal called a push-me-pull-you. It's a llama with two heads, so, like, when it pushes, it pulls. And like, then, for real? No. It's yeah, okay. There's obviously not a real animal called a push-me-pull-you. I, I don't and know. at the end of the movie, like, rides away on a giant snail. Oh, it's great. I love it. I mean, I thought narwhals were fake. <sighs> you did? We have had this conversation. Uh, because you're like, oh, yeah, narwhals are my favorite. I'm like, oh, my God, they're not even real. And you're like, yeah, they are. And I'm like, what? They're the unicorn of the sea, which is a bad comparison. Yes. Unicorns so aren't that's real. why yeah. I thought they weren't real. And then they're in freaking Elf. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like that fake thing in Elf. It's not real. It's in the North Pole. I love narwhals. Yeah. Uh, Linda Thorson as Brooke Parsons. Um, she played in the Avengers TV series, also from the 60s, Mrs. Cochran and St. Elsewhere, which is another mm-hmm. soap opera. Mm-hmm. Um and Ditchburn is Lorian Summers, if, who only had a few like TV movies. None of these people had like burgeoning careers. <gasps> oh uh, my god! Uh, I yeah, didn't just realize until right now. Yeah, Sandy Carey as Tara or Tara Demillo, um, who played Mitchy in Terror Train. So she's the best friend in Terror Train. Yeah. Um, which I didn't realize either until well, I was looking. Well, because her hair up. is dark. Way different. Yeah. yeah. So when I was looking this up, uh, Lesla Donaldson. Sounds the same year. Oh yeah. 
or put out the same year? Yeah, around yeah. the same time, yeah. Uh, as Chrissy Burns, who also was Bernadette O'Hare in Happy Birthday to Me and Martha Deadly Eyes, so she went on a little tear of horror movies there. She also is probably the most recognized from this movie because she's in the most iconic scene, which is the ice skating scene. Uh, fun so fact, good. she went and trained to ice skate and still hurt herself while doing it, so Stunt Woman did it anyways. And then a stunt woman also plays the killer in that scene. So they had to switch. That's why the shots are switching back and forth. But it makes it so much better. Yep. And then Lynn Griffin as Patty O'Connor. Um, she played Claire in the original mm-hmm. Black Christmas movie. And I just included this for fun. Her name was Alice in a show called Riverdale that had nothing to do with Archie. It was just a mystery show from the 70s. And she's not Alice Cooper? And she's not Alice Cooper. Yeah. But I saw that and I thought I'd include it because I thought it was fun. Um... I didn't have any word to describe it other than a slasher. Like, it's not a teen scream. It's not holiday It's an themed. adult scream. Yeah, it's adult. It's an adult slasher. It's, it's, it's a... a, it's a uh, that's... I don't know. That's all I got. I mean, it's meta in the way that it's about actors. It's very... Who, directing. Uh, to me, it's, like, very whodunit. Super whodunit. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you're really trying to figure it out. Um, like, my wife literally was like, who is it? Like, I can't figure out who it is. And they do, a, like, a good little twist at the end, too. Well, and they do a good job of it because the mask that the killer uses is the mask that's used in the movie they're making, mm-hmm. which is Audra, which apparently that's what Audra looks like because she's a crazy person. The plot of this movie seems so bizarre. Like, I'm like... Like, the plot of the movie in the movie. We're going to have to work it out over this because I'm like pretty confused on a few things because I'm like I kept thinking like is this like a Shakespeare thing like Audra that's like a classic name I'm like maybe I'm just I don't know like my theater history well enough or is this something I should know is this a real character is this some no I couldn't find anything that Audra is something real it's just made up in this film yeah about like a crazy person who's an old hag but yeah but seducing she's people. like seducing people yeah it's very and she thinks of herself beautifully but she's not i like i want to see that movie i want to see audra there's definitely like a really intimate almost lesbian scene in this so, um yeah like because... audra seduces young women apparently no remember the that in that scene uh the director gets hella mad because he's like you're supposed to be a man oh right 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 be a better actor yeah um that was weird no, no iconic weapon really she uses a sickle um which looks cool but mm-hmm. you don't see it used really mm-hmm. at all most of the kills really are the off kills, screen yeah. yeah there's some like they're implied yeah they're um they're like she sharpens the sickle and she's seen chasing after the like some she of the women with it the doll. Mm-hmm. she decapitates the doll and she does decapitate a woman but it's off screen yeah um it's but, very terror train in that way where mm-hmm. we just get a lot of like oh but here's the knife and here's this and but then then we see the aftermath and not even as much as terror train there's like no gore in this whatsoever no 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 it's definitely um yeah it's not bloody at all like at all and it, even if it is i just couldn't really tell because it's so muddy yeah because it takes place at night and it like because of the lighting and because of the VHS quality, there's definitely like a scene where um, they they're like they fall out of a window, two characters, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure they were bloody, like laying on the glass oh, after. Yeah, but I just tell. can't see anything. So maybe if anybody ha- watches like the synapse version, they can report back on that on the clarity of those scenes. I've heard it's real. I did ask um, one of the writers for 
my site self plug ghastly grinning uh ian west who buys like every blu-ray ever he has an extensive collection and he told me the blue for this is great and he said severin's actually his favorite company for like restorations which is nuts because i think scream is amazing um but i i definitely want to check it out it's i'm going to buy it but if you if you have seen it before we have just let let us know how bloody it actually gets um there's technically two killers yes so, um, at the end of the movie, like, there's two women left, pretty much, and they're in the kitchen, and they're drinking champagne, and they're both a little delusional because of this, like, long weekend and all these crazy things that are happening, and Samantha, um, reveals, and she's kind of, like, the main actress, mm-hmm. um, she reveals that she murdered the director and one of the women that he had slept with to get revenge, um, and... So she shot them, and they fell out of out of a second story window. And then Patty, um, who is a comedian who is auditioning for the role of Audra, reveals that she has actually been killing everyone else to try to secure the role. Yeah, she said we're the only two left. Um, so like the general plot of this is, it kind of just like I didn't even think I was watching the right movie. Like I thought it, yeah, because like the first it's- thirty minutes, like it's Samantha auditioning in a theater and then like her getting committed to a, like a mental asylum well yeah and we're like not in on it yeah like so she goes in with the director and he's like saying she thinks she's okay and then she like freaks out and tries to stab him and so they commit her and then you find out she's doing it on purpose she's method acting yeah so she's like i can't find out how to be crazy if i don't know how they live because he's complaining in the very opening scene that she's not believable mm-hmm. as audra yeah so she gets committed, and then while she's there thinking she's already secured the role and she's, like, researching for it, she finds out that this dirtbag director has actually had her committed on purpose so he could film the movie without her. So he invites, like, these attractive, like, new like new blood actresses, pretty much. She's been his muse for however many years, but he, like, wants someone new. So he for Audra. So he invites these women out to his mansion um and we find out that they do um like so they do a pretty good red herring here because samantha escapes the mental asylum and shows up uninvited to the mansion Mm -hmm. so you kind of are led to believe that it's oh it's her like it almost seems like too obvious because it's like well obviously she wants revenge like these women are taking her role so she has a motive he left her in a mental institute while she was method acting for his role because Mm -hmm. he told her that she wasn't good enough yeah it's pretty messed up this guy is like seriously the worst so i feel like like Brett Ratner watched this movie oh, and was Brett like, Ratner. "Oh yeah, yeah, like that's that's me. I'm gonna do that. That's that's the way to go." Really like the whole time really I was like watching Brett it, Ratner. I just kept think like, "Here is a guy in a position of power who is taking advantage, telling a talented actress that she's not good enough, taking advantage of that, and manipulating her into committing herself to go method so she can be good enough for him." And then he takes the opportunity to, why she's gone, to invite six beautiful women to his house for the weekend to compete over a role. Which, and then, you know, the girls all sit like, what would you do for the role? And, you That's, know. Yeah, the first scene at the mansion. Yeah, the girls are all like, yeah, like, I mean, I would, he picks very desperate women. Young actors who aren't 
who haven't made it to then like a veteran actress and they're like oh my god we love you why are you here whose career has dried up Mm -hmm. so he literally picks like the most sensitive vulnerable vulnerable women that he can get and takes advantage of that he ends up sleeping with two of them and he has already slept with samantha so he has slept with like half the cast yes so obviously that was like a huge motive for him and he's using this mask of uh you are you have to get into this role of Audra to play out his sexual fantasies, which is the scene that Ryan was talking about. And there's a scene, I forget which two characters it was, but Audra's supposed to be sed- being seduced by a man. And at first I was like, God, this is such a weird scene. Like, what's happening? Because you see, like, one of the girls unbuttoning the shirt and of another other woman. And girl, like, like, kind of about to kiss her breasts. Yes. And so it's like a really intimate moment. And then he's like, no, that is not how a man would do it. So he's literally just standing there, um, forcing these two women to role play a sexual role while, you know, obviously it is lesbian in nature because they're both women. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like... you. Every time you think about every single thing this character does, you're just like, fuck, I hope... That this wasn't really based on anybody, but probably. Like, <laughs> God. fuck. Yeah. It's really bad. It's it's super, like I said, it's, it's very, it's very like, relevant to the times. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, well, there's also a scene that felt really strange to me in the very beginning. And I think it's really true to they took this in a ton of directions. Was it the weird, like, rape fantasy scene? Yeah. yeah. So there's a scene... At the very beginning, it's after we, it's after Samantha has committed herself. It's basically like our introduction to the actresses, which they, they cut a bunch of those because there are actually more scenes. So we see like the comedian and one of the other girls and then the actress is out of her prime. But there's also a ballet dancer um, and one other, there's a ballet dancer. Oh, and the ice skater. The ice skater, yeah. And I, when I was reading up on it, I found out there were scenes for them too. Oh. that made them look more vulnerable like the scene for the ice dancer was like her coach yelling at her that like she, she couldn't do it yeah, and then the enough. ballet dancer was a similar scene and yeah. they ended up cutting off her time but like they were all like every scene is basically used used to present like a vulnerability of yeah these like women. these girls are desperate for this role but this one you're right it was weird because it's like this girl and she's like getting dressed she like she's in the bathtub she's getting dressed and it like it's very giallo-esque if you've seen any giallos like where we just get a guy and he's like putting on these black latex gloves and he's like putting on a, a like a stocking and he's climbing up on our patio and it like there's some pov shots where he's like mm-hmm. watching her through the house and you see like his hand opening the door and i called it as soon as i happened i was like this is a this is a weird like invasion fantasy like sex thing and my wife was like what and i was like yeah like because this doesn't to- like this doesn't fit in with what the plot of the movie is like there's yeah. Like, this guy's we, not wearing the hat mask that they know about. You pretty much know that it's going to be a yeah. female killer. Yeah. And so I was like, this is weird. And then he, like, grabs her and he's, like, holding her. And then she starts laughing and you find out that they're together. Yeah, but before that, like, I was, like, getting pretty uncomfortable because I, like, wasn't expecting this to be, like, a volatile film or anything like that. I wasn't expecting to see a rape scene, like, 20 minutes into the film and you they literally like show like her panties and him like ripping up like her nightgown a little it was like super aggressive mm-hmm. and i was like oh like i wasn't really i didn't prep myself for this type of film like that's a really hard thing to watch it was really weird like first of all i am not one to 
put down anyone what they like to do behind closed yeah. doors. If that's it's what you're business. into and it's consensual, dope, whatever. But it's really out of place in this movie, yeah. and it's very like unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything to forward the plot. It doesn't grow her character at all. It felt sleazy. Like mm-hmm. it just, it just feels sleazy, and it feels like very like. Ugh, porno-y like it's very mm-hmm. odd especially with his gross ass mustache and he makes a comment he's like we could always do the pizza boy fantasy and she's like no pepperoni always gets stuck to my ass and he's like well that's how we keep it warm and yeah. it's like what the hell is I happening know. i never remember lines from movies i remember that one yeah it's a weird line it's a and really it's weird also line. what's really weird too is like this girl um she gets murdered before she even gets to the mansion like mm-hmm. this is the first girl so she is the one, she has a dream that she's driving to the mansion and she sees this doll on the side of the road. She goes to grab it and the doll grabs her. She wakes up from the dream and the doll is in a room and the hag's there and stabs her to death. Yeah. And so it's the, it is the first death of the movie. And then the hag takes the doll. Yes. Um, so the rest of the movie, like after they get to the mansion and like B said, they're having the conversation. They're like, what would you do for it? And the comedian, who we actually eventually find out is Patty and she is the murderer, is like, I'd do anything for it. And then someone's like, I'd kill for it. And someone else is like, I'd fuck for it. And I was like, oh, okay. That's where this movie is going. And then they start giggling and then the other one's like, I'd I'd go down on him. Oh, yeah. It's just like, it's so... And then he walks in. He's like, that might not be necessary. And I'm like... Might not be. Yeah, I'm like, oh. Um, So, like, the rest of the movie were basically spent, like, following these characters, going around the house, and, like, they're basically spending their days training to be in this movie. Um, and auditioning for him and auditioning for him either with each other or kind of like with, without each other like you know he spends a lot of his time like like we said taking advantage of these women um, The fir- so the first girl killed is Amanda she stabbed to death um, so pa- there's two body counts technically Samantha gets two they're both gunshot wounds so Jonathan and Brooke are both shot they fall out of window and die um, Jonathan's director Brooke is one of the actresses uh, that he sleeps with she walks so, in, yeah. Um, and she, um, Samantha's jealous and kills them both. Yeah. Um, Amanda's the first one. Christy is the ice skater. This is probably the best scene in the movie for me. And it's so funny because it's such a standout scene. And like, as soon as you look up this movie, it's like, oh, like it's grown a lot of fame, particularly for the ice skating um, scene mm-hmm. because it is so. It's a long scene. Yeah, and it, but it's well done. It is very well done. It's super. So she's like out there ice skating by herself and like as she's doing it i'm like oh this is so ice princess like this is such a scene from ice princess where she's like practicing in her backyard big ass boom box yeah she's like listening to music but it's like ally and aj is what she's listening to but so you know little ice princess going on and she's out there skating and she's listening to like the most 70s like yeah slow jam type song and then you just get the hag yeah but you don't see her at first either you just see the you just see the feet feet and she starts skating which at first you're like this is really dumb because i can't believe she's gonna get chased by someone on skates yeah but then it like does this long shot and like she looks up and she sees her and you just see this creepy fucking woman skating towards you and at first she's skating and her hands behind her back and she slowly pulls out the sickle and it's just a cool shot it's like a really cool like like it's a long shot it looks like she's skating from the distance she's coming at her and as she's getting closer you realize like more and more how creepy she actually is and then she pulls the sickle out and you're like oh shit like i got it like at first it's like you could tell like our character's just like 
what what is going on this is like really unnerving like why is this woman skating like it's one of those true scenes where it like really creeped me out and kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies and i just kept thinking if that ever happened to me in real life like imagine being on fucking ice skates and being like i've got to get away from this person like you don't i mean and this is all oh. happening because she finds the doll is buried yeah. in ice with just the hand sticking out so she goes over to like inspect it and she's digging this doll out of the snow as this hag is skating towards her yeah um so the hag comes at her chases her uh stabs her like twice in the shoulder but she like sw- she hits her with the doll it's a big doll it's like three feet tall like no joke it's a big ass doll knocks the hag down she's running through the woods but eventually gets caught up with, and um, she's decapitated. Which we don't quite know she's decapitated. Um, it does, like, a close-up, like, right from the chin up, pretty much. We see, like, her eyes roll in the back of the head, like the hag's holding her. We don't find out until later when her head shows up in the toilet Yeah. Um, that she was decapitated. Uh, so that is the second kill from Patty. The third happens off-screen, which another... This is another one I found out that was originally on-screen... Matthew, the caretaker, rides off on a snowmobile um, to look for one of the women and because he has sex with one, one of the women in the jacuzzi the yeah, night before. Yeah, but do we ever know who? Um, I mean, I th- if we could really tell apart the women. It's uh, I, it's on yeah. the Wikipedia. Because, like, again, it's just really hard. The women all look somewhat similar. The only two that like look really different to me, well, Christy, because she's blonde. And then... Yeah. Um, samantha because she has like we spend the most time we, with her i've been established like 20 yeah. minutes with her so um everybody else kind of blended together for me they all have the feathered hair yeah. very like you Alternates. know yeah q80s like late 70s early 80s style so um yeah they all kind of blended together but he was originally killed on screen like she originally the hag killed him on the snowmobile and the snowmobile crashed in the library but they cut the scene and he's just he later you find out he's just in the hot tub yeah um so he's killed off screen technically at this moment but we don't find his body until later um lorian summers is killed next she's the ballet dancer uh and she is stabbed while dancing to something that b knows yeah whatever Uh, i can't pronounce like classical very well but jim will Chimopedia number one. It's like one of the most famous like piano classical pieces. It's like up there with like Debussy's Claire de Lune. Oh, I love like, that song. Yes. Yeah. And like I'm a big, I used to play piano and um, I've always really enjoyed Satie's stuff. It's really like mellow, really relaxing. This dance scene, too, was yeah. also kind of weird. I liked it a lot. I did, too. I wish it had been longer. Yeah. Um, because it shows her, like, doing this, like, she's kind of, like, unwinding. And it's ballet. It's very unconventional ballet, though. It's, like, a little more, what's the word? Like, um, I don't know, like, expressionist? Um, I don't know. Like, just her movements weren't, like, mm-hmm. conventional ballet. Really strict. I, yeah, I liked it. Um and she's she's stabbed pretty like unconventionally like there's not a whole lot happening um it's a pretty generic kill uh in between is when brock uh brooke and jonathan are killed they fall out of the window um and tara finds them okay (laughs) we were in b's house and like there was just some weird noise from the wall (laughs) so i used to be up like and we're in my office i used to be up regularly until like three or four in the morning working and when we first moved into this house last year, like I would hear the sound of like cupboards closing, 
And so that's what it sounds like. It's not, which is the sound we just heard. It sounds like a cupboard's open and then the door kind of like softly like shuts yeah, what over is and it? over. Rats. Gross. Okay. Yeah, we have a rat problem. Bummer. They live in our attic. Ugh. Um, you can see them if you look at the telephone lines out there. You'll see them just run across the telephone oh, lines. Oh, that bums me out. <laughs> Uh, so Brooke and Jonathan are killed here, and then um, Tara is pretty much the last, like, she's the last girl. She's running away from the hag. Um, she ends up in a prop room, um, and she finds another one of the girls hung up pretty much on, like, meat hooks. The, the dancer. Yeah, so she yeah. finds Lorian hung up on, like, meat hooks. Freaks out, and, like, there's all these, like, weird mannequins, and, like, the hag's chasing her around. This scene's pretty good. It's really cool, like, this scene itself and it feels very finale like horror finale-esque with mm. like all the props hanging and all the curtains and getting like trapped and lost there's and some really cool like out yes so that's the problem i felt with a lot of these kill scenes was like there's some really cool like set pieces mm-hmm. and like ideas like i actually really like the idea of the plot i think is fun oh me too i think i think like having all I these love different... a movie within a movie yeah i love that i love that it's like at this mansion with this creepy dude and there's like six women um <laughs> it's the ghost yeah um i i really like that i like um that they're all like different careers i think is cool uh-huh. and i wish it had been explored more um yeah they all are like kind of which is like kind of strange but they're all like kind of like famous for something and he like asked the girls like did you bring your skates and did you bring your ballet shoes or whatever right he asked them like what they're good at and so i like that and so i feel like there's a lot of things that were tapped but not explored like just like ideas that were like this is a cool idea Here's the idea, and but we're like we're not really going to do anything with it. Yeah. Um, and this includes like this final chase scene where she's running through uh, this like prop room, pretty much, and there's like you know like a taxi with nothing in it, and there's like all these mannequins and super cool. It's it's very cool. It just doesn't it doesn't last long enough, and also like the chase itself isn't super like harrowing. Like she's running a lot alone mm-hmm. and there you don't really you don't feel the, the dread mm-hmm. of the hag and then what i initially really liked is that she find like behind the curtains there's this like ventilation mm-hmm. and she like pops off the cover and then closes it back and then puts the curtain over yep and like this is great if it's done well in a movie because nobody's gonna fucking find you there like, if you are in that prop room and you are the killer, you are not pulling back curtains and opening ventilations. You're just not doing it. The problem is, is that we think she gets away and then somehow the hag grabs her from, from the ventilation. Yeah, you see, like, you don't even see the hag. You just see her yeah. get dragged from behind into further, either further into the ventilation shaft or, like, to a connecting room. I don't really know. It doesn't show. So that was like... That it was a letdown for that finale of a scene, which was like had the chance to be like really good, really good build up, a chance to have like, that's like really your final kill right. before the killer's revealed. And it just... Wah, wah. Um, and then the fi- the final, final kill is uh, Patty and Samantha in the kitchen together, like we said, drinking champagne. Um, and Patty just stabs Samantha to death. And then it's revealed that like she's she's now in the mental asylum that samantha started in so it's kind of like wrapped back around to the beginning of the movie and she's like telling stand-up to a group of other inmates my understanding of that is that when we see her doing that stand-up routine she wasn't actually doing it 
She's not. She's just standing in front of people. No, but we get introduced to her doing that stand-up routine. In the beginning of the movie, that exact routine. Yeah. And so I interpreted that ending scene that that never actually happened. She was just crazy the whole time. The whole movie didn't happen? No, the whole movie happened. Her stand-up never happened. Oh. That she was actually crazy. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if then she got locked up and then she was imagining her doing the stand-up again. I took it, well, because, like, there's a sign next to her that says, like, now performing Audra. So I was like, oh, like, maybe, I I don't know. Like, um, I do know that the actress did all of her own stand-up. That's her own material. Um, I found that out when I was researching it. Uh, Lynn Griffin, she performs her own stand-up, wears her own clothes, performed the stand-up in front of a real crowd in Toronto. So I do know all that, but... I, I don't know. Like, at first, I thought they were going to try to pull, like, this was all in her head sort of deal. Oh, yeah. But then when I saw the sign that was, like, now doing Audra, I was like, oh, okay, like, this definitely happened. But I didn't take it as that. Hmm. Um, it's not a very long movie. It's, like, 80-something minutes. It's, like, an hour and 25. Um, it takes a little bit to get going, but once it does, it's pretty consistently, like, doing something at least yeah something um, weird something weird not necessarily like kills no, like, just um, something just something weird. weird like there's a lot of like we said there's a lot there's that weird like almost lesbian sex scene there's like a weird jacuzzi sex scene um there's that ice skating scene samantha pouting yeah there's a lot of samantha pouting there's a lot of like her brooding and fighting with the director i do think it's overall a fun movie mm-hmm. um i really want to see it in like a higher clarity because i think it'd be a more enjoyable experience but i think like for considering how low budget it is and like how much of a mess it was edited i still think it's overall like fun like mm-hmm. it wasn't like it's not super schlocky it doesn't feel like cheeseball to me even though it's weird like it's very erratic but it doesn't feel like Sometimes that's on purpose to make something feel like that. Like, oh, let's just make it feel like Grindhouse. Remember that? Like, let, let, let's make it feel like a like an old, weird movie. But this was like, it just happened to be kind of like Blood Rage. It just turned into one because mm-hmm. of how it was made. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I thought it was fun. I think the hag's cool. I think the ice skating scene is cool. I like the premise. It's definitely not like a modern masterpiece by any means, but as like a slasher completist, I think it's definitely something you should watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be really interesting to see like a remake actually, because I think there's a lot of cool ideas here that just didn't get a chance to be explored because the director and the producer weren't seeing eye to eye. Uh, I definitely would say cult classic. Oh yeah, it's a cult classic for sure. This is not. This has no position. In the horror landscape, its no. position is, hey, you really like slashers, but you've already gone through, like, kind of the, like, surface deep cuts, like, Sleepaway Camp and Burning and Blood Rage, even. Yeah. And, and Yeah, you this start, is deeper than Blood Rage. Yeah, then you start getting into something like this, and that's where it belongs. Mm-hmm. It uh, is not, like, us praising My Bloody Valentine going, like, how dare this not be... A classic. This needs more recognition for what it's done for the genre. No, didn't do anything for the genre. It's just something that's there, and it's fun, and it has some cool ideas, and it has a cool killer. It's like something that, as a, like, 
one of the reasons I enjoy watching movies like this with at least even like two or three other people and it doesn't even have to be a huge group is because like other than me no one I know is is into slashers as I am yeah. so it's nice to so like actually the group I watched it with last night was my friend Jeremy um and his girlfriend Sarah and my wife Ashley so like it was a a pretty wide range like Sarah doesn't watch a lot of slashers at all Jeremy watches a, a moderate amount because he ends, he really likes horror movies and he watches a lot of them with me. And Ashley tangentially watches them because I watch them. So it was like a good like range of people, and everyone still was like goofing, like having fun with it, and like, but it wasn't like oh god, this is so bad, turn it off, or like this is so cheesy. It was just like oh, like this is weird. What's happening? This is weird. Okay, that scene's cool. Like everyone loved the ice skating scene. Mm-hmm. Um, like and then like. Oh, okay. That was and then it makes you nervous to ice skate. Yeah, like I will think about it the next time I go ice skating. It's a creepy scene. And like, it's effective. Kind of like look around your shoulder and be like, hmm. Um, it's definitely. I don't want um, anybody like it has that like get out effect where you know he's just going outside to smoke and then the the guy guy just runs straight towards him. Like you get that that effect where you're like, oh my god, what? Why is there's this person coming towards me? Yeah, can you imagine just being out there alone, thinking you're alone, and then you just hear, like, someone ice skating behind you? No, F that. And then you turn around, it's like, some, oh, no, it's Also, weird. I mean, like, it's whatever, but, like, you can't run an ice skate. She no. would have had to take her ice skates off. And then you're running through the snow, barefoot. Yep. Like, that is not a very survivable situation. I would not survive. That's definitely my favorite kill. I mean, it's not oh, really... Yeah. I mean, it's... The kill's not, like... None there, of the kills are no great. There's no kills. But it's, the, it's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. So it's my favorite kill Same. in the movie. And, uh, you know, it's the implied decapitation is good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is part of the show where we pretty much uh, rank it. Um, so we have a list. If you go online to keepscreaming.com slash the dash list, you can check it out. Uh, we have done nine movies so far. This is our ten. Oh yeah, this happy is our ten. ten. So that's yeah, and we do it biweekly. So we've been doing this for a minute now, which yeah. is fun. It's exciting. Uh, my bloody Valentine, uh, the original nineteen eighty one version, is currently our number one. Uh, happy Death Day is at number two. Urban Legend is number three. My bloody Valentine three D, which is the remake, is uh, from two thousand nine, is number four. Hatchet is number five. Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, is number six. Most Likely to Die is number seven, Blood Rage is number eight, and Terror Train is number nine. Um, I would rank this probably above Terror Train. Okay, same. Yeah. I think Blood Rage is better. I do too. Because it has more, like, in some ways I definitely liked Curtains more than I liked Blood Rage. But I think I think the plot's, like, the the idea of the plot is better. Oh, so much better. And the killer's more fun. And scary. Um, but, I mean, the hag is genuinely scary. Yes. But with Blood Rage, you just get so much more of the gore. You get that amazing score. Dude, that score, um, yeah. For that like, score just like really pushes that film like yeah. to the next level. Um, and I do like camp. Like I, I think to enjoy slashers as much as like we do. Like I think people who say slashers are one of their favorite genres and inherently like campy movies because no matter what... And the comedy and fun of it. Yeah, like, that's part of... Like, there are definitely your serious, like, no-camp slashers out there, but a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. And I like the camp in Blood Rage. And I think that this doesn't have that, and it has some weird, fun, like, like bizarre, like, kooky moments, but Mm -hmm. it's not, like, super fun, like, just really campy moments. 
like I, I think of like just that scene where she's sitting there in Blood Rage sitting on the floor like eating all of her Thanksgiving leftovers and like just like those scenes that I'm like like in this movie I was like this is weird and like I could like what's what was the director doing what was like what what edit what happened here like ed- editing wise but in blood rage i was like what the fuck is happening in this movie like mm-hmm. what the hell is happening just so. a bunch of fun and like it really like just went for it and mm-hmm. this film like i just think curtains suffered too much from just not committing to one direction yep and i think if they we would have gotten think it could have pushed itself to like silent night deadly night levels if we would have gotten those introductions to those girls in the beginning if we would have been more connected to them and if we would have gotten our kills i think seeing the kills would have helped a lot yeah because uh, we had a cool killer like a creepy killer we had like a very effective scene um uh, the promise of some very effective scenes but it just ultimately we had couldn't, like, like a villain as like our star mm-hmm. um who you just want to see die. And also, I mean, I really, really like the twist ending of, like, you yeah. you have it down to two women, and you're like, so it's one of them. You yeah. know it is. And then to find out, like, well, one of them, like, this one that you thought it was the whole time, Samantha, did legit kill some people. Yeah. But it was out of revenge and her hatred for their director. And they get that away because she does it with a gun. Yes. And yeah. so that's your clue right there. Like, oh, this is something different, which I think was really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is truly, like, a crime of passion. Right. And, like, it works. And I like that twist. And I think it, like, I think it was a clever, like, smart twist for the movie. Because I think if it had ended with just, like, the one killer, it would have actually been a little bit weaker. And and especially if it had been one killer using the gun when she had been using a sickle the, the whole rest of the movie, I mm-hmm. think would have been really, really bad. So, but I agree. I think, uh comfortably at number well it will be the new number nine mm-hmm. so right under blood rage right above terror train sorry terror train i know and i was like thinking i think when we go back to terror train we're going to th- see it more favorably um i was just thinking about it earlier today like when i was watching this movie and i'm like you know terror train does the the killing in the storyline better than this film but it still lacks terror train still lacks so much sorry i was getting a phone call it terror train just still lacks any motive for your killer that makes any sense that is just so hard to get over yeah and also and, it still lacks the kills too like this does yeah it uh, does like you see something like, about canadian films from 1980 i guess unless you're my bloody valentine and you're just like fuck it I'm all gonna, the gore yeah i'm gonna rip this guy's eye out with a pickaxe <laughs> which is why it's number one yeah uh cool so yeah that's where um that is where curtains will fall right under blood rage right above terror train I'm sure these will continue to change more and more as we keep watching movies. Uh, again, you can find that at keepscreaming.com where we have the list. Uh, we have those designs that you can buy, our podcasts. Uh, we have parts like little bios on us. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on CastBox. And we're also on Twitter at Keep Screaming. Yeah, at Keep Screaming Cast? No, no at Screaming Cast. At Screaming Cast, sorry. It's at Screaming Cast on Instagram, at Screaming Cast. And then uh, B is at B not B, B-E-E not B-E-A on Twitter. And I'm at Ryan Larson. 
Yes, because I spell my name like the bumblebee, not Beatrice, which is why that's my Twitter name if nobody caught on to not that. Not like B. Arthur from Golden yes. Girls. Um, and I do want to throw this in. It's the end of the episode. We have had um, people reach out to us on Twitter, and I just want to – we had a response. I don't know what their name is, but their Twitter handle is at Classic Material, and uh, it does not say the their name is Classic on Twitter. But they made a point. Um, when, I thought it was, yeah, it was a good point. I'm glad he brought yeah, it up. Yeah, I want to bring it up because. He or she, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I want to, you know, just one, thank this person for reaching out to us. And we make a lot of comments um, about our thoughts and about our social thoughts of these films. Like we made some comments on this one, and we definitely did. I mentioned like my uncomfortableness with a few things in the remake of My Bloody Valentine. And so this person reached out and and was commenting on our sort of like token black guy um, and just mentioned that they didn't think, they said, I didn't think it was a problem for him to be there as it's always good for a black actor to get a paycheck, especially in a major studio movie. They also didn't treat him like the black character meaning that they never made jokes about his race or otherwise referred to him as the black guy. He was just another person. They seemingly made sure to not make him stand out as black and instead just to be a character like everyone else. Um, and that's such a great point. That is true. I mm-hmm. think our I think our phrase of saying the token black guy was incorrect because he wasn't. They weren't making jokes about um, his race. It was never brought up. It was never made obvious like, oh, this is uh, the black guy in the movie, and he's doing all these stereotypical black things, which is the token black guy. Right. What he... we meant to more to comment on was it felt strange that they are just, they definitely added that cast member to have a person of color in the film. I wish that they had just, I mean, I hope that they chose him because he was the best actor suitable for the Yes. It's um, Eddie Gathagy. Um, is the actor and hopefully that's what happened is they're like well he's the actor best suited for the role what they should have done is diversify the cast more yes um, so that's what they ultimately should have done stand out yeah so that's but thank you uh, yeah, at Classic Material for reaching out point. to us because it's super true they don't treat him like and uh, I mean Token Black is just like the worst Token Black actor is like just a horrible horrible thing and I can't believe it ever existed and you're right. They don't treat him in that really awful stereotypical way that um, is often portrayed in, like, especially, like, 90s, 2000s media. Mm-hmm. So, good point. Um, we don't know what our next movie is going to be yet. This was our one, like we were saying, we're trying to find something that we uh, both hadn't seen. So, who knows what the next one's going to be. We have a couple different things that we've been thinking about. We've been we've been bouncing Crywolf um, back and forth for a while now, so it might be that. We both really want to see Hell Knight with uh, Linda Blair. We haven't seen that one yet. And Scream Factory just did a restoration of that Blu-ray. Uh, yeah. So there's a couple different ideas that and we And then have. I know, I mean, we'll probably... I have to look at the, how the dates end up lining up. But I definitely want to do April Fool's Day. Oh, um, So yeah. I don't know if that's going to line up with it. Let me look at a calendar. Why we're still talking to you guys. Um, I don't... I think I it'll still be too it. early. So our next episode will air on March 26th. But the one after that will be too late. Um, well, I guess so, we can still do it. The one uh, after is the 9th. April 9th. Well, we might do it a week early or we might do it a week late. But I think we're going to do it because I do. I love that movie and I would love to talk about the it. The original or the remake? What? There's no remake. Oh, yes, there is. No, there's not. Yes, there is. It's really bad. Um, this is going to make my heart hurt. Yeah, especially the cover. 2008? Yeah. 
What? Yeah, it's got Scout Taylor Thompson in it from uh, oh. Halloween. Yeah, but who's that guy? I know that guy. I don't know. It's he's, not He's got good. a soul patch. I know him. From the... <laughs> Taylor Cole. Josh Henderson. This guy. He uh, was on Step Up. No, but something That's for Housewives. Else. Yeah, probably you that. that show. Yeah, I did watch that show. Love that show. Dallas. Did you watch that? No. Okay. No, there's something else. Girl, Girl Next, Next Door. Door. Definitely saw that. Uh, that's pretty much it, man. Oh, he's man. Not, uh, unless he, Ashley Simpson's show, Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter. He's in like one episode of all these. 90210. For three episodes, maybe. Who I don't know. Who I know knows? that guy. Anywho. If you want us to watch April Fool's Day or the April Fool's Day remake, reach out to us and let <laughs> us know. Just kidding. We're not going to watch remake. I don't want to watch that. Uh, but, oh, I don't want to watch that. But yeah, uh, we definitely appreciate the feedback too. Keep suggesting stuff. Uh, there are still slasher movies we've never heard of, so that yeah. And we too. did also get some suggestions from classic material. He did suggest um, Iced, which I've is, never heard of. Oh my god, Evil Laugh, Five Five Five, Summer Party Massacre, which I've already devoted my love to, and X Ray. I believe I looked up one of these, and it was like a Valentine's Day themed. Slasher. Oh, it's X Ray. It's X-ray. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, I was yeah. like, "Well, we gotta watch that." And then I couldn't find Iced Evil Laugher Five 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 on a streaming, and so that is why I, we have not hit you up. But we will take one of those suggestions. Yeah, if you get a chance, go over to Ghastly Grinning too and read B's article on Summer Party Massacre because it's very, very good. Because uh, it just had its like thirtieth anniversary, yeah. I think. I uh, love that movie with my whole heart. So thank you guys for listening to another episode of Keep Screaming. We will be back in two weeks with some movie. We'll let you know on Twitter that yes. maybe decide not to watch that one either and do something else instead. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, so who knows? But uh, thanks again. We really yes, appreciate we you do. guys tuning in. And we'll be back in two weeks to dissect another slasher movie. Bye-bye. Bye.